with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold. Here with my awesome co-host, co Alan Witch. Alan, you in the house? I'm in the house. Having a fantastic day. Boy, are we on fire today. We have... Uh, fortunate to have guests back to back to back so um right, right. we're right in the middle of it and uh excited and jazzed and uh we have some great content coming forth right now oh, i can uh, agree i couldn't agree you know anymore and you know quite frankly when we're launching these shows um you know you and i usually go back and forth we've done that now already uh but i feel like we've got to throw some punches what do you think i do i agree all right. Shuck and jive, man. Shuck and jive. All right. How's the weather up there, brother? Bad. Next. <laughs> Don't you want to ask me how the weather is? Oh, sure. How's the weather where you are, Chris? Oh, well, I'm at the beach, brother. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be our favorite. Margaritaville, I think, is where you are. Right? <laughs> Margaritaville. Pretty close. I mean, Jimmy Buffett's sister has a place down here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's called show. Lulu's, it's called Lulu's, it's actually, um, you know, a hot spot, to tell you the truth, and, and nice. so it should be, because, um, obviously, uh, that whole family is, is rocking it out in that arena, but, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I live close to, actually, Emerald, um, you know, bam, right? Agassi. Uh, yeah, Agassi has a couple restaurants in this area as well, and, uh, just an amazing guy, good friend with, uh, my friend who owns, uh, a barbecue place down here so you know just uh awesome place awesome place to hang out and and live but uh you know you have to get around uh this you know beautiful country as well and you, you know obviously i'm canadian so i come from the the great white north and it certainly is cold up there so i'm happy to be down here right now my friend Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that uh, glad you're able to take time out of your wonderful day to chat with us on the podcast today. <laughs> uh, this is my wonderful day. I love doing this stuff, my friend. And, uh, you know, we've got a great guest coming on. I can't wait to uh, dive in. Yeah, actually very fortunate. Um, you know, he's a busy, uh, busy man and uh, he's got a lot going on, but he took some time out. Uh, to spend some time with us, and, and you know, I am feeling uh, you know fortunate for that. So, Alan, without uh, holding them up too much, and you know, getting right into it, let's uh, let's do this, brother. Absolutely, talk about a media mogul. Um, I'm going to toot his horn because uh, I don't think he's going to toot his own horn, and uh, which is part really his humility makes it uh, makes it an amazing company. Um, 
I learned of this gentleman through his company, a company that I have followed uh, for a lot of years. Um, when I say a lot of years, I think it's three. So um, <laughs> maybe that's a lot. Maybe it's not for me. That's a long time. Um, but uh, I have applied a number of the things that I've learned. I've learned and, and, and grown a lot personally through the efforts uh, of this company and uh, have always wanted to be around it in some way, shape, or form or be associated and, uh, and contribute in some way, shape, or form because that's the, the value behind this company, so to speak. But our guest today is really is a, a media mogul and a founder of a media company out of uh, Boulder, Boulder Media, but he's also the vice president of uh, Foundation for a Better Life. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, for those, another term is values.com and values.com sponsors and hosts a number of events uh, globally. They also have a number of television commercials that you've seen. And it really is about fostering the best in humanity and making things better for everyone and acknowledging that and having that part of your life. And uh, I don't want to steal any thunder, not that I could. Um, and I'm probably not going to do it justice. Uh, so I want to bring in uh, our guest today right off the bat here, get him going and uh, get his words of wisdom right from uh, right from his lips. So without further ado, uh, welcome Tom Brainerd to uh, Think Bold, Be Bold. Alan and Christopher, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, I'm just I'm happy to talk with you guys. Your energy is fantastic I will say and I was just looking up here after what 90 episodes I mean your your energy is not lost in repetition so I love this <laughs> yeah well thank you uh, thank you Tom Tom's in the house everyone and if we had a you know a, a, an applause we would do it um, Alan we've got to add that to the, uh, right there we go there we go that's okay. sorry I've only got two hands <laughs> right that, that was our pathetic approach uh, attempt yeah, at that I should pathetic. say but Guess listen, Tom, <laughs> it is the thought. Tom, it's a real pleasure, again, you know, having you on and uh, can't Thank wait to, uh, to dive in. And, you know, I want to probably rewind a little bit for you and certainly for our audience um, a little bit about, you know, where you came from and, and, and where did this, you know, um, opportunity and things sort of foster and, and, uh, and, and focus uh, your love and your passion and in this area, you know, for it to grow and, and be part of a great team and all the things that you're working on. I know that's a lot uh, uh, and a mouthful, but I'm just going to give you the floor just to walk us through, um, you know, the highlights of, of, of your life and, and how, it, uh, how it, it fostered itself into where you are today. Foster is a good word. Um, I, I think where I am now is, is to some extent full circle from perhaps where I started. Um, grew up in Denver, born and raised, which is where we're, uh, we're based right now uh, out of downtown Denver. Um, and I went to school all the way through college, went to University of Colorado, and then went out to L.A. Um, halfway through college to work on a, on a movie. Um, I was, I think I majored in communications or something, which basically means for me I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and about halfway through, um, I got an opportunity to go out and, and work on a movie as a production assistant, which is basically a coffee getter, um, but did it and uh, changed my life forever. It was a movie back in 95, which makes me feel old, but uh, it was called Air Force One. It was a Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> I, and, remember uh, I remember that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good 
solid traditional action flick for anybody sure. who hasn't seen it. But but anyway, I worked uh, on that movie in L.A. as a production assistant for three or four months and just caught the bug in a big way. So um, came back, switched my major to film, finished out, went straight back to L.A. in the fall of 99 and, and got a, an internship at a production company that at the time was starting up. Uh, it was called Crusader Entertainment, and it was being funded um, by a guy um, also out of Denver, a guy named Philip Anschutz, who was getting into the entertainment world at the time. So I worked there for, I think I honestly literally lived in a closet, not symbolically, literally lived in a closet for for 15 grand a year and, um, and read scripts for a living and um, maybe, you know, racked up my credit card bill eating sushi. But... But I think I spent the next, uh, you know, seven or eight years out in L.A. working my way up and, and doing everything. I was I, I auditioned for roles as an actor. I, I wrote. I um, went on the productions that this uh, company uh, produced, and it was movies like um, Sahara and Ray and Chronicles of Narnia and all these things that, that were done over the course of that period of time for from Crusader and another company that was a sister company called Walden Media. Um, so anyway, so I was in that world and just having a blast, but but something fundamentally um, I don't I don't know if it was missing or not, but as as you go through your twenties, you know, you spend your time figuring out who you are and I think that was where I, I did that. And and out of all of that, um, it was something about the study of people and, and the human condition that I think became a bit of a through line. I grew up in, in kind of tough circumstances. I lost my dad when I was uh, six years old, so I grew up, I was kind of a latchkey kid, and and I think for a lot of people in, in, in that situation, um, you end up being very introspective and searching and maybe even uh, introverted to some extent, which I am and was, and, and so um, as I went through this this process in LA of this very fast-paced Hollywood sort of life, um, I, I began to see that although it's it's a roller coaster and the, and the highs are wonderful, they were still yet unfulfilling to some extent. So um, at some point, um, I decided to actually move back to Denver, and this was about in '08, I think. Um, and, and, and try and figure out some semblance of life that didn't have me screaming at people, you know, being a, a full-fledged member of the road rage uh, <laughs> conglomerate in, in Los Angeles. Right. Um, so, so I came back home and, and just tried to figure out sort of who I was, but also this thing that I loved about L.A. and, and the movie business and all of that, which was these were, were people and efforts that were really trying to bring about wonderful stories and and as a result of bringing about wonderful stories hopefully give people an impression of of inspiration or or of something that would cause them a moment of of introspection um, some something that would cause people to either want to do better or be better or be inspired to some extent and that was the thing that that had me really interested about um, that industry and and I suppose storytelling in general so Cut to, um, I don't know, a couple of years later, I ended up um, getting recruited into a, a company called National Cinemedia, which, um, for, for those who don't know, it's kind of an obscure company, but it actually runs all of the uh, advertising campaigns in movie theaters across the country. So anytime you see anything other than an actual movie itself in a movie theater, um, we were building those campaigns. 
And and I'll be perfectly honest, when I showed up there, um, I was hired because they were trying to innovate the process of um, selling things in theater, frankly. And it's a traditional medium. Um, it's it's a, a very old way to sell things. It's show an ad before a movie. Um, that was becoming a little bit archaic, and they were feeling that and were trying to figure out how to access audiences in a way that would, you know, obviously benefit their bottom line. So so I was part of a few people that got brought on to try and innovate that process in some fashion, which spoke directly to this idea of understanding people and what drove them to impulse decisions, what behavioral models um, could we study that, that we could find out where we could actually hit those touch points in people such that they would actually act on whatever we were selling essentially so over the next four or five years we we implemented things like um, putting Shazam in movie theaters where you could use your mobile phone to listen to an ad and respond to something or get a coupon or interact with it at some level um, a lot of um, retail experiences we would work on and and really just study in what was essentially a closed system a fully controlled sales environment um, we could study how people interacted with big um, category brands, global brands. I mean, we were doing things for um, Pepsi and Coke and Google and Microsoft and Sony. So so I got this wonderful experience in advertising that, frankly, I wasn't expecting. Um, I just wanted to um, kind of tell stories and, 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 and do things that would inspire people. But in doing that, um, we learned how to sell things, frankly, which was never my intention. I am not inherently a salesperson at all. I was I was doing some research on on both of you before the call, and I, I, I you know, in many cases, I wish I could have the energy for for selling and closing and doing all those things that that you guys are, and and, and frankly, a lot of the guests on your show are incredible at doing, and I I. I suck at that in many ways, to be honest with you. I, I was never the guy that was out there, um, you know, generating those those leads and relationships and closing the deals. I was always kind of just I just wanted to be me and tell cool stories and and kind of I don't know brood or whatever the whatever the term was. But but anyway, out of doing that stuff at NCM, um, we we garnered a huge amount of information on how people operate in, in environments where they're apt to buy something or, or react to something. So, so basically out of doing that, um, it ran its tenure and um, uh, there came an opportunity uh, a little over a year ago um, to begin working again with uh, this organization called Foundation for a Better Life. And it is uh, also a part of um, an extension of the Institutes Corporation. It's, it's funded um, out of that world, although um, we are totally agnostic to anything being religion, uh, point of view, affiliation, anything at all. So um, anyway, for about a year ago, I started working and consulting here because they were facing a similar eventuality, which was um, they had become at the time the single largest public service campaign in history. And that's no small feat, considering um, how sure. many organizations are doing that. Right. And that consisted of primarily television commercials and billboards, um, but that extended beyond these borders to, uh, I believe, 200 countries, and essentially to the extent at which it um, had been built to 
I think last year um, we did about 25 billion impressions. Uh, if you if you bring it back into the ad world, um, billion, billion, <laughs> billion. We're yeah, talking, I just wanted we're to talking. say billion, Tom. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted to say billion. With a B, yeah. Um, uh, conversely, I was I was running about, I think during my tenure at NCM, I ran about 13 billion impressions, which, wow. um, which was significant. I mean, those are those are big ad buys, but but this obviously um, is is quite a bit larger than that. So, as I started consulting here, their charge to me was we have this um, significant footprint. But it's a footprint in in a system um, that that is in itself experiencing innovation and to some extent is being outgunned by digital and social and all the things that occur on people's phones and computers and and so um, this place needed to go where those fish were and are so so that's why I uh, came on board as a, in a consulting capacity at first. Um, out of the things that we had done at NCM, and, and frankly, pulling from um, significantly from the experiences that I had uh, in the entertainment industry, which was um, a purified place of storytelling. So, so putting those two skill sets together and placing them here, the question became, how can we take what we do, which, as you said, um, was telling inspiring stories through TV commercials and on billboards. You've, most people um, in this country have seen them in one place or another. Uh, but um, we need to now take that into a new place, which is online, meaningfully, and access new audiences, uh, which essentially becomes the millennial demographic to some extent, although um, there's a debate to be had, certainly from me, as to um, identifying people by an age group is, is almost archaic in itself. Uh, sure. But, and, and so I think what we now had to do is figure out how to do that. So, so over the last year, um, we have been putting out content, but it's content that had already been produced. And we've been, spent, we've been almost in a skunk works of um, developing a, a new way of being um, which, by the way, has not been released yet. So we are we are pre-release of all of this. So so some of this I'll be able to talk about, and some not that you'll be able to see very soon. But um, we have been reworking the way that that we do things um, with two very important tasks. One, uh, retain the literal foundation, not not the not no pun intended, the, the true foundation of who we are, the thing that brought us to this point now and also iterate to create a more authentic, transparent, personal engagement level experience for the people that may not know us yet or for the people that we're trying to reach who do know us but don't interact with us in any way. So it's now going from a bullhorn to two-way media. So, so that's the, the preamble and the, the long story for, for um, who I am and where we are now. And, and literally what we are up to that is going to be released um, literally within within weeks uh, and months and certainly all through this year is going to be a whole new iteration of of all of that and there's a lot of of, of ad um, advertisement and sales skill sets in there um, but it comes from much more of a narrative angle uh, and and so that's kind of what we're up to I love it that, that sounds, sounds like a lot and and that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Um, and, you know, but I, but, but just to, you know, observe, um, you know, again, for, uh, our audience, 
what you brought to the table, you know, initially through consulting was a lot of experience, um, you know, and transferable skill, it sounds, so that then you can take that information and help, um, you know, guide uh, where the company needed to go, you know, next and, and, and what you guys are doing. And I love the fact that you, um, you know, use the word skunk works because uh, – uh, I, I can't wait, first of all, obviously, to uh, to see what happens um, or comes out. And uh, I'm just, uh, you know, completely impressed. Um, Tom, you've got uh, so much great knowledge and, um, you know, you land it where you need it to land right now. And I, I just uh, I just love it. Uh, Alan, what do we uh, what do we have for Tom? I want to put Tom on the on the hot seat. For hot a seat. Hot oh. seat. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. Do we need that little bell? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I I don't think it's going to be a hot seat for for Tom. But let's pretend for the for uh, just a second that that I'm new. I've never heard of uh, you know Foundation for a Better Life or Vice.com. I haven't seen the commercials mainly because I've been outside playing in the rapids. Um, what what impression do you want to leave upon me? What do you want me to know? What's the the, the first thing you want, what's the aha moment you want me to get as a new viewer? The world is full of brands and, and companies that want to get at you for, uh, for whatever reason they want to get at you. They want to sell you something, which is not wrong. It's part of how the world works. Part of those tactics can be trying to inspire you through content um, that makes you become uh, affectionate towards that brand. And again, nothing wrong with that. That's how it works. But imagine there's a place and a source of content that asks nothing from you out of watching what it produces other than to simply be inspired, remember the value um, that you represent and the things and the power that you can represent in this world. Huh. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. right? I, it that's really very is. powerful. Um, I'm just going to interact, inter- interject uh, at, at this you, point. You can well. make up words. I made words yeah, up on the I know you're show. making. I, that's what happens, Alan, when I hang out with you. I start making, you know, <laughs> shit up. <laughs> um, you know, words like inspired um, are, are such a powerful word, and, and I agree. What's, and you've been around this industry, you know, from, um, big movie stuff to what you're doing now and, you know, advertising and marketing and, and things like that, you know, with social media being as new as it is, because let's face it, it's still fairly new. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the world's moving in different, you know, a, a massive fast direction. Um, everybody is now, you know, pretty much a publisher. They can do whatever they want uh, mm-hmm. tell about their life. They can create things. Uh, your view on social media as the future nears, um, and, I'll, and I'll give you a little perspective on you know what I think, uh, and just love to you know understand what you uh, see happening um, since you're involved in um, you know some massive uh, changes and things like that. But the way I see it, you know, with Facebook and let's say you know the big ones, Instagram and Twitter and and so forth, and I know there's a you know whack whack-a-mole of others out there that are growing, and, and probably ones we haven't even we don't even know yet. That's a um, fun game, by the way, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. Yeah, that's a, and that's yeah. a great that's a great visual for that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of stuff you know out there. So social media, you know the way it's progressing, and, and I saw this happen with Twitter. It's like all of a sudden it's becoming a broadcast. 
You know, they did yeah. it with football, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, my view is that, and, and with live, you know, Facebook, everybody can just get on now and, you know, just talk and, and show their life and do whatever, you know, it's perspective, right? Um, you know, view, viewing through the eyes of, of someone else. And, and I think that's intriguing for a lot of people. I see a lot of creativeness around that. What, uh, where do you see that happen? Like, what's the future of like social media? Is there something beyond social media that we don't even, you know, I haven't even thought about yet or, or even thought, you know, maybe there's something else. I'd love to get your perspective on it because you're, you know, you're in this world. It's, you're surrounded with this stuff and it'd be great to understand uh, from your viewpoint uh, or vantage point what, um, what do you expect in, in, uh, in the years to come. It's, a, it's a, a hugely relevant question, and I think, obviously, I deal with this every day because it, you know, part of it keeps you up at night, hoping that you're, sure. at minimum, keeping up, if not getting ahead. Staying relevant. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't, I mean, to stay relevant is one thing. To, to, to actually innovate in this day and age is, is another matter entirely. Sure. Um, and I think two things stick out for me um, so far in my career. And, and, and it comes from basically the ad world and the entertainment world, which arguably could be the same thing. Um, the, the human condition will always rule the day. And, and out of that, to convey that, the one thing that can't be commoditized is talent. Um, in this day and age of Facebook Live, uh, Instagram stories, Snapchat, whatever, like you said, the, the whack-a-mole of social media. Um, there's a great line in the, in the movie The Incredibles that says, when everybody's special, no one is. And that's yeah, always that's stuck true. out to me because if everybody, if everybody gets on the bus, um, then, then all of a sudden it becomes commoditized, right? Everybody is showing you what meal they ate or or what you know, thing that they're up to, or or you know, whatever they think is special at the time, right? Um, at a certain point, it crosses a divide and hits a tipping point of all of that becomes unspecial again, to make up a word. Um, and and so I think that gives you uh, some of those bubbles that we experience. Like you said, Twitter is now basically just a, a almost a broadcast medium, and I think mm-hmm. you know, obviously Trump. Is, is kind of at the head of that in many ways, given <laughs> what he what he really did last year. And redirect um, that. Yeah, and and I think you know, and obviously the the um, the upswing of companies like that have have gotten a lot steeper. I saw a great chart the other day of of the growth um, metrics of companies over time, and and things like you know uh, CBS News or, or or networks of of traditional media, um, their growth charts versus Snapchat. Um, and even Facebook versus Snapchat. When I came back to Denver and, and was getting into social media at the time, 06, 08, um, that was just growing and had a relatively steep growth curve for, for the time. But then you look, you know, cut to five years later in Snapchat, it started out basically as a sexting app. And, right. yeah. and nine months later, its growth is so pronounced that it basically shatters all records of, of what that looks like. Uber, same thing, the fastest growing company in history. So... Um, I think when these things, the faster they grow, to some extent, the harder they can fall, right? Because those things can become commoditized and become uncool more quickly, which happens a lot in mobile gaming. Um, 
And, and so these companies that get really big, um, if they're resting on their laurels too long, can become obsolete very, very quickly. Um, so I think when it comes back to this notion of social media, um, people who can be on trend with you know, sharing the insights of their, of their day to their peer group or to the public at large, um, that's fine, and there are people on those on those trends, and it will it will go its own way. But the fundamentals to me will always stick out. The people that that will garner the most um, engagement, followers, whatever it is on Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, whatever, will at some level be able to access people's human condition more effectively than others. Um, PewDiePie, the, the, the very famous um, tuber, YouTube gamer that just basically plays video games and people watch him on YouTube. Um, I think he was making seven million bucks a year on, on, on ad revenue from, from people watching YouTube, uh, uh, pieces, uh, pieces that he's done on YouTube. Um, he was able to access his peer group, his cohort group that was watching him in a way that obviously other people weren't. So for whatever reason, whether it be raw talent um, or not, he stood out as, as, let's just say, special among a crowd of people that were trying to do the exact same thing but weren't able to do it. So it just brings me back to whatever is going on, which, which is very relevant here at the foundation, by the way. If we just try and stay on trend and go wherever the wind is blowing, then we're going to be just like everybody else, and sure. and when everybody's special, nobody is. So um, the fundamentals have to remain in place. Who are we at our core um, such that we can access the human condition and and convey these stories with a sense of, of honesty and leverage the talent that will keep us um, rooted so that no matter what is going on in social media, television, newspapers, um, it doesn't matter. We're going to stay relevant because we're able to access the humanness um, that ultimately that ultimately gets at people. Makes a ton of sense now that you you know outline it like that. It just gave me so much clarity and perspective on on that. So thanks. It was like yeah. definitely. I love your perspective and and viewpoint on that. So thanks for sharing that, Alan. Hey. Uh, yeah, I, I want to jump in here. Thanks for the the intro, um, Chris. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> always, my brother. Always. It's been always. one of those wanna, days. It is hey, I want to make better. sure. Hey, listen. I want to make sure you didn't fall asleep. All right. Well, you know, yeah, I am. I am the oldest guy on the on the show today. That is true, so, Alan. You know, I want to make sure that uh, yeah, my my cane is next to me, and uh, I do have some <laughs> some uh, some insurer on my nightstand here. All right. So all right. you know, we're ready to roll. No, I. <laughs> Tom, we're talking. I, I love the fact that you're talking about th- this the impression on society and the way you're actually, uh, I, I, if I understand it, hoping to change behavior. Have you guys, and maybe you can't share this, and, and please let us know if you can't, have you found a way to um, uh, tag or monitor or predict or track the effectiveness of um, the behavior that you're wanting to elicit to the public? Have you guys found a way to track that or see trends change? based upon uh, your mission? And if so, is that, is that a, a, one of the, the constant um, value guides for you? Or is that, where does that fall on the, on the priority level, I guess, of, of, uh, of where you're going? 
Um, maybe at the top. I think um, I, I have... I have never been in the military, although I am uh, enamored of those who have, but, but I've certainly read my share of books and, and am humbled by the people who um, go into the military and, and specifically even if you read books um, about those who have been in some sort of special, special forces or, or kind of smaller groups within the military, a, a driving principle that you find there is this notion of situational awareness. And not to make military analogies here, but but the idea that um, that success on a a mission or in life or in business can depend on your ability to understand what's going on in a room, or 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 in this case, what's going on with your audience, can be maybe the most important trained, inherent to some extent, but also trained skill. Um, that you can and try and hone, I think. So for us, um, this idea that traditionally in television you'd, you'd put an ad out there and Nielsen would tell you, uh, based on a sample set of, let's say, roughly 2,500 households, that you fared um, a certain way on a certain night during a certain hour, and, and that was about it. Um, that was poor situational awareness all in. And, and, and by the way, an entire advertising industry relied on that for, for many, many years. Um, right. Now, because of the advent of digital and social media, um, and, and by the way, if you Google, politics aside, if you Google the way that the Trump campaign versus the Clinton campaign handled <clears throat> metrics like these during the campaign, mm -hmm. it is absolutely fascinating to, to, to see the, the comparison there. Um, but but if you look at the uh, the way that we can do this now, our the the ability of our situational awareness to be heightened um, is almost infinite. The the data that we can glean from the engagement that we see online uh, out of the things that we put out there can can give you a sense of who people are and not just who they are, but what they respond to. And this is what we had worked on at NCM. Um, because it was such a great closed environment, a network that we could fully control, we could put something out there, show it to people, monitor exactly how they behaved, and and thereby learn and, and sort of, well, in that case, begin to learn. Because when we started, social media was, let's face it, in its infancy. Um, we began to learn along with everybody else that, that we could see into people's lives. Um, and, and when you do that and you start to understand what drives people to buy things, where they go, who they talk with, what they eat, you can begin to derive habits and tendencies out of that that you can then extrapolate and assign to other behaviors so that when you're building a creative campaign, whether it be for a brand or in our case simply to inspire people, all of a sudden we're sitting on a database that, that when looked at in a certain way can tell you exactly what these people are hungry for. And when you have that, and that's why I say that the notion of millennials to me is, is suspect because it's not an age thing, it's a behavior thing. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, right. When you look at, at what people's behaviors are telling you, you can see what they want in their lives, what they're hungry for. And if you're really good, and hopefully will we'll, we'll be this way, if you're really good, you can begin to anticipate and forecast what they're going to want, which is almost a holy grail. 
and and out of doing so, um, assign creative, build campaigns, and and distribute content that will get at people's heartstrings and cause them to do something um, that perhaps they weren't even aware that they wanted to do. And that's a big deal. That's a huge milestone step that technology provides, frankly, but allows us to do things that, again, in our case, um, are simply trying to make the world a better place. Interesting. Um, I love that. There's a I'll lot of responsibility there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, I got a it's, question. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary, but at the same time, it's kind of beautiful, you know? Right. It is beautiful. Course. It's a very, very nice way to say that it is a beautiful thing to watch. almost like watching a flower blossom. All yeah. the environments have to be right for right. this thing to grow and to be. Not to be something different, just to be what it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're providing an environment for that. That's, that's very magical and very honorable. Yeah. Well, we hope so. Very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you, Tom. Shoot. Alive or dead? Alive or dead? Who would you like to have dinner with and hang out with, and maybe have a you know after dinner espresso? Um, hmm. who who would that be? Well, besides me, of course. First you, <laughs> and then and then um, me. We got that out of it. <laughs> First one of you, and then the other, and then you're uh, great, great positioning, great positioning. And and then I would say um, probably my dad. I love um, it. Uh, I I never I have. Um, uh, guys are going to cause me to cry, but that doesn't no, that's okay. the show. I feel um, good. I, I feel a good um, uh, chill right now, so let's, let's <laughs> I carry think, on. Um, it's hard to quantify you know, who you are as a result of, of a parent when your parent isn't around. And um, so to some extent, I can only guess you know, what traits come from my dad and and to be able to sit down with him for an espresso or a beer or whatever it is um i've actually dreamed of that i'll be honest with you and i think um you know it's 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 an honor um for those who still have their parents around to 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 have that reflection of of who they are and their elders and to be able to sort of gain wisdom from that so it would be my dad great answer what a chill came over me and and in fact you help me think about, you know, the fact my parents are, are both around, you know, fortunately, and um, just something uh, that you just said that, you know, I think we take a lot of uh, things for granted, um, you know, that others don't necessarily have, whether it's, you know, our parent or, or something else. And uh, I certainly think, uh, you know, the attitude of gratitude for what you do have is is so important. But uh, great answer. Great chill came over me. So thanks, Dad, True, for being all- here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you a, an exclusive insight into something that we're up to this year, which is well, very much along these lines. Um, because gratitude, even when you look at the psychology of it, if you are feeling gratitude, you actually don't have the capability um, to to have an emotion of of um, sadness at the exact same moment. Um, which is a really interesting concept, but but if the, the gratitude, if you think for a moment about 
um, what what value that you represent that you are is the most important to you, um, the next question usually becomes, well, where'd you get it? And most oftentimes that, that comes from your parents. Um, and then um, maybe even as importantly, uh, it then becomes, if you know that and if you have gratitude for that, that then can enable you to take that quality in yourself and hand it off to the next person uh, down the road. And, and that is a theme um, that, is, that will be uh, of, of paramount importance to us uh, this year and probably for a long time as we at the foundation um, do our thing. Like a, like a pay it forward type of theme? Very much so, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, powerful. Yeah. Great, yeah. great answer and, and, and great perspective. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it, it, great, it is a great answer. And, you know, I, my dad's gone and my stepdad's gone. And, uh, you know, those are, those are two people in my life that, uh, that, that have meant a lot, that have been able to do a lot. But, you know, now I have that role of my son. And so right. looking back onto you know, the wisdom, that I'll use the word wisdom for the lack of a better word, that, that was passed down to me, harboring that now and knowing that, that if I don't pass that on, um, it dies with me, right? right? My dad's wisdom and so forth, and, and my stepdad's wisdom dies with me if I don't pass it on. And I would right. imagine that the good things that you find uh, the, the behavioral, you know, in the behavioral economics of your studies, if you don't pass those things on, there's an obligation there. And, and I see that obligation, even though that may not be the word that's used, I see that great desire in what you're doing to be able to not only identify that, but to pass that on in hopes that that, well, one, that it's going to be passed on, and two, that it will elicit a value equal to or greater than what it came in with. Appreciate and uh, that's not always the case in, in human, you know, transaction. It doesn't always, it isn't always the case. There's always an, an ulterior motive outside of, once again, that flower just being that flower, being the best, best thing that it can be. And so, once again, I honor you guys for, uh, for doing that. But I have, I have a question for you, and it has to do with, with Chris and I, and I guess yeah. in part this podcast, as you, as you folks are reaching forward in the social media landscapes and beyond whatever that, that connection might be, how can 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 Chris and I and and our podcast and I would even say our our business platforms? How can we assist and greater grow or be a part of your mission? Well, first of all, that's um, it's a kind thing that 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 you have that as as part of your business plan, as it were, for this podcast and everything you do, because I think that is the, that is the pay it forwardness of what you guys are up to. Um, so, so I acknowledge you for that, but I would also say that, um, as I said before, the, our ROI here is inspiration. So um, when, we, when we promote the things that we're doing, our only ask is that those um, who are somehow influenced by what we're up to can take a moment and reflect and perhaps do something good um, or inspire someone else as a result. So when you talk about what can you do, which again I really appreciate, um, it's it's simply to to have us in mind when um, when when things like that come up and and hopefully if we do our jobs right this year in bond will become a more integral resource for people to point to as a source of inspiration. So 
if you're out there in the world and somebody tells you that they're having a rough day or that something is happening in their life that's difficult, um, maybe we become top of mind as, a, as, a, as a, a quote that you heard from us or a commercial that gave you inspiration or something like that. And that's all I ask, honestly. There is, there is no other metric that we need. Yes, we do want to measure these things to know how we're doing and to get better at it. But essentially, if the, if the, if the net positive um, product of the world increases even, even by uh, a decimal of a percentage point as a result of our work, then we will have done our job. So, so that's our only ask. I love it. Well, you certainly got it. And I'm certainly going to, you know, point people uh, to that because I just love the uh, inspired life. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, more people should be inspired um, and and find that uh, inspiration within them to uh, to motivate themselves to go do some uh, some other things that will help others. So appreciate everybody, that. Uh, of course, of course. And everybody yeah. has a right to want to jump out of the bed in the morning and go sure. do what they love to do. Everybody has that right. And Absolutely. Sometimes it can take a tremendous amount of work. It certainly has for me, um, and I'm sure it has for you. And you're lucky if it doesn't, um, and I would argue that you're maybe even better off if it, if it was difficult. Um, but everybody has that right, and, and all we're here to do is, is try and give you a little bit more uh, energy as you, as you do jump out of bed in the morning. That's all. Fantastic. A very worthy ideal. Right? Yeah. Yeah, worthy. very worthy ideal, and I think you know having having your organization be a part of everyone's organization, having that characteristic, being honest and being being a honest and transparent piece of how they operate. That I think is a, is a big value add to the just the the community in general, and I think that social media, if if we all you know, take on this charge of of truly adopting that, then I think that is a is a huge win. But just having, just knowing about you know the foundation for a better life and values.com and understanding the the pay it forward and the the appreciative aspects of life as a part of a company's DNA or an individual's DNA is um, a very worthwhile ideal. And uh, we will definitely do what we can um, on an ongoing basis to not only foster that in our endeavors, but to make that a, a visual and a present piece of what we talk about as a value that we hold true um, so that people not only hear us talk, but they, but they see in our actions that we um, that we honor that and I and I think if, if we can do that if we can help do that then that's a win-win absolutely I think you're right and and I will tell you so much so uh, we, we are of that mindset so much so that actually part of uh, this effort um, that will happen very soon is where there will be a rebranding of sorts um, to pass it because that is the essence of our DNA. Hmm. So, cool. so values.com is becoming passiton.com as we speak, and um, and that will reflect the very core of of everything we do. And 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 again, that is our that is our only ask. I love it. Well, we'll certainly be ambassadors to that and um, much so. share the information out there because, um, again, I, I, I believe in, you know, raising vibration by the people and the association of, of um, the likes uh, of what you guys are doing. So, 
certainly you have our um, you have our support, and uh, we'll be certainly paying attention as things uh, carry on. Thank you. Hey, Alan. Uh, yes, absolutely, friend. Uh, Alan, um, you know, the show, as we mentioned right at the beginning, it flies and it goes <laughs> I'm, fast. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this clock and it keeps right? ticking. I know, it keeps ticking. It's one of those things. Um, but we have to respect Tom's time and sure. uh, we really appreciate all the golden nuggets. And again, for our audience, I hope you're taking notes as fast as I've been taking notes because I have, I have so many, right? I have, a, I have so many golden nuggets that yeah. Tom shared with us. Uh, just as reminders again, and um, you know that you know life's about what you make it. And you know, for me, every day is a good day. Every day is a great day, and every day can be a better day. It's just you know, again, what you want to do uh, to bring your awareness to whatever it is uh, that's going on. And um, certainly, challenges happen. Like, listen, uh, you mentioned it, Tom. It's not every day you can just jump out of bed. It takes work uh, to be excited and. Um, but I'll tell you, it takes way more work to be um, not excited. So the way I look at it is, um, <laughs> it it it's it's just one of those things I enjoy, um, you know, being part of and and being around, and 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 that's why we do this show is to pass it, you know, and and pay it forward as well. But pass it on. I love that. Passiton.com. I'm looking forward uh, to uh, seeing all that change and um, change is good. Change is really great. Uh, Alan, what else do we have for Tom as we uh, approach, approach, not quite, but we're approaching uh, near the end. We're approaching. We're approaching this last question, but we're not going to let it fly yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Contribution and uh, transparent transaction um, between, you know, from a, from an economical standpoint, um, Usually, historically, has has uh, disassociated uh, behavior and and um, you know personal value and interpretation and belief. But I think that well, I don't think I know that it just by being in the by being in the system as we move forward, it's going to be even more tra- more important to be transparent in one's dealings. Whatever those dealings might be, they might be for economical gain. They might be just as as a contribution. Um, for, for those that don't, that don't necessarily, or maybe this is a, maybe this is a new topic for, for some, I don't know that that, that that's the case, but, but maybe it is. And if it is, if this is a new topic for, for someone, um, Tom, how would you, how would you encourage them to make this, um, something that, uh, is a core, a core responsibility uh, in their organization that may or may not elicit, you know, an equal economic gain. Um, why would this be something that they'd want to to interject? Just playing the devil's advocate. It's a it's a, a very good question. Um, I think, you know, in in a pure sales environment, um, questions like that can be very difficult to answer because. Um, you know, I have worked in public and private companies, uh, and, and in public companies, for example, it can be very hard to justify things like what we've been talking about because the short-term realization of those can be minimal. When you have to report quarterly on sales figures, mm-hmm. and you're, you're up to something strategic like let's be transparent, let's be authentic, let's, let's you know, get to the core of our DNA, those things don't show up on a balance sheet on a quarterly basis, right. and that can be a difficult right. thing to justify. Um, but long term, and this is something I know from working here and in my career, and even with um, 
the people that support us, like people within the Entries Corporation, um, AEG, all of those kinds of companies who are very, very successful, they focus on the fundamentals and the long-term return. The short-term can come and go, but the long-term return is what really wins the day. And in the long-term, things like authenticity and transparency and honesty um, will always win. may not feel like it, but, but when handled truthfully, um, those things are infallible. And, and can take some trust to try and adhere to those when you're under certain pressures, specifically in sales. But, but those things will always win the day and are infallible. And that's the only answer I can think of that, that can help that question, because it's a very tough question, especially in, in, with people who have to show results uh, in near terms. Sure. Well, I'm glad you answered it the way you did, because I think that really is the key answer. I think it's a, it's a manner of... Uh, it, it, it's about character and it's about, uh, you know, it's about pride, not, not pride in your results, but pride in how you operate. And I think it is transparency. And, you know, we all, you, you talked about in the very beginning, stories sell. And I don't necessarily mean stories sell for an economic gain. Stories sell in that they move people's behaviors. And the more honest and transparent that a story can be, the more it's going to elicit that. Yes, there could be non, there could be motivational stories that 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 are fabricated to create a specific, a, you know, a specific response, and that's not something new to the marketplace. But I think the more transparent that people are, the more transparent the companies are, the more people, the more the consumer will relate to them and uh, and, and want to participate and become a part of that. See, I, when I first started, on a personal note, when I first started hearing about uh, Foundation for a Better Life and Values.com, I just wanted to be a part of it. And if that meant that I just listened to it, great. If that meant that I could take some of what I learned and, and it, you know, dive it into my DNA as to how I operate, better yet, that's my pay-it-forward piece. But I think the, the, you know, the, the more we, we grow as individuals and more we grow as companies, with a transparent approach to here's how we got here, here's the value that we offer, that, uh, you know, see us for that. Uh, I think that is um, a, a great way to go, albeit probably, you know, uh, with with great resistance maybe now in, in a lot of markets, but I, I see that waning. And uh, I just love the fact that you said that it just, it ultimately, it's kind of the right thing to do. We hope that you do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I look at it, uh, you know, two ways as well, you know, just from another perspective that, you know, your strategy is your why, that's your long term. Um, it's what we charge everything back to. So, you know, as transparency, honesty, and, you know, contribution back into the uh, the social uh, part of life uh, for big companies, whether you're public or private, um, that's a long-term strategy. That's your why, you know, what you're looking for. And then tactical, um, which relates to your sales, is the how we do things every day. And, you know, I think that that um, both play a part and, you know, certainly uh, can be married up. Um, you know, it takes a little bit more effort to your point, Tom, you know, at a public company to justify some of those things. Uh, but, you know, the hows, uh, you know, short term, because I've been in sales as well, you know, can be married up to that strategy. 
um, you know, long term and, you know, why. So, you know, again, the how and why are, are important. Um, I think the why in life is the most important. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we do need to, um, you know, maneuver, if you want, through life and pivot where we need to. Um, but I think there's definitely a way to do that. Uh, in fact, that's what I work on, you know, working with a lot of clients uh, that I, um, you know, get on the front lines with to help, uh, you know, focus on the sales, bring in the numbers, you know, meet the uh, objectives, but also, you know, line that up accordingly to, you know, where the strategy needs to go long term. So uh, it's not easy, but it's, a, you know, it is a simple philosophy, but, um, you know, they're yeah. totally two different things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, amazing. Tom, you've, man, you are, you're a you stock knowledge. I can hang out. With, I, well, I can hang out with you all day, brother. I thought we were going to be on for four hours. But yeah, you only gave us like one hour. <laughs> you gave us one hour. That's it. That's all we get. But um, I hope we stay, uh, you know, definitely contact. We'd love to come back, uh, have you come back on the show if you would. Um, we're going to have a live show. And uh, we're going to actually elicit uh, some phone calls in. We're going to be making some phone calls out uh, with some promotion around that, knowing that, you know, the guest's coming on. So we want to make the, the conversation uh, go a little bit bigger. Would you be open to doing that later on in the year as, as, as you get through some of the big uh, projects? Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you heard it right here, folks. We got Tom on recording that he's going to be coming back on. So I'm... Yeah, I'm super stoked. Alan, always great pleasure. Tom, you're amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Thank you, guys. You're amazing as well. This has been great. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna quote you on that. Can you say that again? <laughs> Please do, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you in post. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you fantastic? Anything you want. Anything you want. I love it. I love it. Alan, always great pleasure, my friend. Likewise, likewise. It's been an honor today, both uh, both to host, to be working with a you know with my best buddy, and to have to Tom to have you on, and uh, to be able to share and be the vessel, be a vessel for you to uh, to speak through it is an honor, and uh, we honor the uh, honor the uh, the guests, the people that are on the show, but most importantly the the listeners, people that sure. uh, whose ears we try to populate. Sure. And uh, on that note, we just want to say say thank you. Awesome. Well, passiton.com. Look for it, folks. Um, you know, in the meantime, values.com, Foundation for a Better Life. Look up Tom. Um, he's pretty transparent himself. You can find him uh, in, uh, in LinkedIn. It's a great place as well. So, hey, uh, audience, you guys are amazing, and I just wanted to say thank you. So keep, uh, keep listening in. Let us know what your thoughts are. Info at thinkboldbebold.com. And uh, we'll certainly get back to you. We appreciate all the comments and the emails you, you sent through. So thank you very much. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>